You are listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, where it's all about responding with confidence to the legal, financial, and personal challenges created by disability, unexpected illness, or simply aging in general. Join us weekly as elder law attorneys Tim Takis, Barbara McGinnis, Chris Johnson, and other members of the Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law Team talk about the tools, techniques, strategies, and services that will make the elder care journey easier for everyone involved. Get ready, because aging starts now. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode number 21 of Aging Starts Now. I'm your host, Tim Takis. Today, we're talking about life care planning. Joining me today is Deborah King, one of the elder care coordinators at Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law. Okay, Deborah, here's, uh, I guess, the million-dollar question is, what is life care planning? What does it mean for you? Well, well, Tim, thank you for having me on the show today. Um, Life care planning is a holistic approach to helping families with their long-term care needs. Um, I've been doing it with you for the last 14 years this month. So... um, It provides uh, the holistic approach in that it's not just about the legal issues or the financial issues or even just the care issues. It combines all three needs of families who are going through long-term care into a holistic approach to providing good quality care for seniors. Right. So I'm sure that when you started working for Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law, which it was not that not Takis McGinnis back then, but uh, you were maybe a little bit mystified as to what is a licensed clinical social worker doing in a law firm. So how is how is what you do different from what elder law is, or what you what elder law seems to be, or what you thought elder law was? Well, I add a elder care coordinators in a law firm add a component of uh, relationship building and care building. A lot of traditional elder law is transactional and financially based of people worry about their money. Um, they think they worry about their money lasting and the traditional elder law provides the asset protection that they desire. But what we find with families is, although their obvious concern is financial, when you get down to it, they're really trying to figure out how to care for their loved ones. And social workers and nurses and other geriatric professionals in a law firm can help those families meet those goals by helping them find good quality care in their community. Okay. So how is, um, w- why should someone consider a life care plan? Um, you know, we have people that probably come into our office and thinking that, you know, I'm, I thought I was just getting wills and powers of attorney, you know, and here's a person called an elder care coordinator in the office. And so, so why why would someone or should someone uh, decide to uh, to uh, consider a life care plan? 
Well, they're they're looking for more than just legal assistance. And a lot of families may not even have a lot of legal needs. They have documents in place already. Um, what they're really looking for is, is how do I take care of my mom or dad? Or how do I take care of my husband or wife? Um, at, because they have a chronic debilitating illness and they're going to need care in the future. Um, and we know that that's not easy to find if you're not in the system. There's a lot of choices. How do I know I'm getting good care? How do I know I'm getting the right care? And uh, elder care coordinators can help families identify what kind of care is needed, where can it be provided, what's going to work for your particular situation. Mm -hmm. So is an elder care coordinator involved in every case with Tacus McGinnis? No, um, some families are come to us very early where they're needing estate planning documents or they're not really, they don't really have the health issues that would require care. So they don't need an elder care coordinator to help them with that. They might be worried about, I how do I protect my assets from the nursing home? Or they might be worried about how do I pay for care in the future, but they really don't have any care needs. And our goal is to meet their needs where they're at. So we're not going to add a care component if they don't need it. Yeah, I think one of the things that makes us different from, say, traditional elder law, uh, traditional elder law attorneys is that um, that we always ask, uh, even from the start of the, like what we call the intake process. So someone calls the office, you know, and maybe talks to talk to Dana, our, our intake coordinator. And, you know, and one of the first things that she wants to know after getting names and, you know, identification is, um, you know, are you worried about, um, you know, care issues, uh, you know, what, what is your health like or what is your loved one's health like? Uh, in, our, in our workbooks, meaning the, you know, when we send out, um, you know, a, um, an information sheet for the, the prospective client to complete and bring with them to, to their first meeting, one of the first things that we ask, like maybe page, page two, you know, we ask, what is your health like? Because we like to think, uh, or we we say is is that that the you know that our elder client's personal care needs drives the planning, you know. And, and as you mentioned, um, there are people that are calling us, and maybe they maybe they worry about their health, or maybe they're not really worried too much about their health at all. But they still need an they still need an estate plan, so they still maybe have legal and financial issues to address. But like we say, um, when when they start when they when they start going on the um, they start on the elder care continuum, is what we call it. Is is that when you start um, when you start losing function or you start losing cognitive ability, you know those are things that don't go away and they continue. You know, and then you start thinking about having start planning in the three domains, which is legal planning, financial planning, and personal care planning, you know, and as I just mentioned, you know, in almost every case, 
you know, our old, older clients' personal care needs drives the planning process. Absolutely. Um, and, and that's something that, that families don't always recognize, that the, the care of an elder can be planned. Um, a lot of families come in needing wills and planning for their death, what happens to my estate after I die. But what we focus on is how do we take care of you before you get there? So making sure advanced directives um, and powers of attorney are in place so that if you have an event that causes you to be unable to make your own decisions, you have an identified um, attorney in fact, and helping them understand that um, the disability does happen and um, it, you may not need care right now, but as you decline, you may need care, You, especially if your primary caregiver, something happens to them. And so we want to help them set up a plan so that they get the care they need now, but they're also prepared if their needs decline or their caregiver caregiver changes right you know and sometimes as what we say is is that you know if you are if you are a, a, an older adult and you're losing function and your you know your health is um, say mental or physical health is declining a little bit of care today can can prevent needing a lot of care in the future you know, and I think so. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm. I'm thinking. You know, in, as far as the role that that you play in the firm is, you do a lot of education of our clients about what they're about care. You know what what they can ex, what what they need now and what they can expect in the future. Is that right? That's true. Um, and unfortunately, they're not always getting that at the beginning. Um, our our best referrals would be someone who's recently been diagnosed with a, a dementia or a cognitive impairment and they want to plan because we know that those needs are going to increase and make sure that everything's in place as they decline. We don't know how long that decline is going to take, um, but we can talk about what happens early on, what happens in the middle of the disease and what happens at the end. We also do a lot of end of life counseling for our families. So we're looking at um, planning for them throughout the length of their illness and of their care needs and also educating them as to what to expect and where to get good information. Um, referring them to community resources or um, Support groups are real important in this um, com community, even if it's um, over the Internet. Yeah. You know, it's interesting to me because I know that, you know, speaking to people that really maybe don't like maybe other professionals or, or, or persons like that, that really don't really understand what we do. They think that we plan for the nursing home. You know, and our goal, and I think like all of our clients' goal, is to keep you out of the nursing home. Absolutely. You know, in fact, in fact to, to, to us, a successful plan is, yeah, we're going to, let's let's plan for the worst. And maybe, maybe you have an illness that, you know, for some people, they might, they might need nursing home care. But if we can put together a plan, uh, and maybe the plan, you know, in our you know the way the way we work is 
we represent clients over several years. I mean, I still have clients from back in the, um, gosh, what am I thinking? Probably back in the early 00s. You know, right, we still have right. clients, right? You know, and and the goal for them is okay. Let's see what you need today, and figure out how to, uh, you know, how to how to make sure you get what you need today, and maybe we'll put a plan in place that maybe protects their estate. You know, because all of our most of our clients do want to do le- legacy planning, you know, and that's important. They do want to do asset protection planning. That's important. You know, but ultimately, I think what we see is what our what our clients and families really want is they really want to be able to stay stay in control, you know, of what happens to them to the extent that they can. Obviously, not every case, you know, where you can be not not every case you're always going to be in control. But right, yeah, that's why you mentioned the you know the very first principle, which is the care of an older person can be planned. You know, you don't have to just react to and hope that you will hope that you can react and, you know, do your best when bad things happen because we can plan for this. Yes, absolutely. So you mentioned a little bit about being an, you know, I guess you call yourself a a, a care expert. I mean, you don't do, you know, I, sometimes I'll say to our, our families, you know, when we talk about what what the elder care coordinators do is now Deborah isn't going to come out and change your ostomy bag. You know, that's not <laughs> stuff. You don't do that kind of stuff. Do you? No, I'm not going to the ER at 2 a.m. There's other people to do that. Right. Um, what, what we elder care coordinators are very familiar with the resources in the community, um, with the facilities, with the care providers, and we can help put together a plan that's going to meet your needs, um, your goals, as well as uh, provide the care that the loved one needs. And it goes back to what you just said, getting the right care at the right time. It could delay or prevent your needing to go to the next level. So counseling families about getting care in the home. When is that appropriate? Uh, When do we need to move to assisted living or to memory care? What kind of medical follow-up do we need um, for different illnesses? How do we get the education to them so that they can provide the care that the loved one needs? and, and meet their needs as caregivers. We also focus a lot on the caregiver because if someone, a spouse or a child is trying to take care of an older adult and they're trying to work or they're trying to manage their own health care needs, it's very, very taxing. And especially if you're the only one doing that. Um, so getting the support to the caregivers and looking after the caregivers' health needs, making sure they're getting their medical follow-up so that mm-hmm. they can continue in that role that they want of being able to care for their loved one. Yeah, I remember one case, and this is not, this is not unusual at all, that we were, you know, we, we, were, we, had, we had a spouse in the first meeting and she was talking about her husband and how she was a caregiver for her husband, you know, and I asked her, uh, I said, well, you know, what happens if, um, let's say you had to go to the hospital because uh, maybe you had a, maybe you got sick or something other, 
something like that happen? You know, and her answer was, well, I guess I just can't get sick. Mm -hmm. So many people Mm -hmm. walk into our office and they realize that, you know, I don't have a backup plan. Right. Right. And I know a lot of what you do as an elder care coordinator is to to help the client build their support system. Mm -hmm. Or I've seen cases um, where the elderly couples kind of balancing off each other and taking care of each other. And they're doing such a good job of it that the family's not aware of how much decline has happened until something happens to that caregiver. And then they realize, oh, you know, the other person really needs a lot of help and, and mom or dad has been covering for it and not really sharing what all is involved in taking care of it. And, and that's kind of their light bulb moment of we need to get more help in here. We need to get some care. So helping families understand that they need to check in and, and, and checking in with those caregivers that it's not always all right. It's okay to ask for some help to get some help to get that respite care. And you know, one thing I was thinking too, which we comes up from time to time is that we, when we, I mean, and you, you know, I know maybe some of our listeners may know that, you know, that, that you and I have been, you know, we've been going around the country for years, uh, teaching life care planning to, you know, elder law attorneys. I mean, we've been to, you know, California three or four times to New York to uh, yes. all, all over the place, you know, and I start thinking about, you know, all the places that we've been and where we've, you know, where we've taught life care planning to, to our colleagues, um, you know, is ultimately, um, you know, we, we feel like we will always, we will always have work to do because you all care, all personal care needs are local. I mean, you can, you know, I can draft a, I can draft powers of attorney for clients in Knoxville. You know, I can draft, I can draft documents or I can do legal documents for anybody in the state of Tennessee. I don't have to see them. You know, I can have a conversation with them, but ultimately to do life care planning to help the client address their personal care needs. You know, that is, that is a, that, that is, that is local. You know, that is like right here. You know, we have to be yes. here. Yes. And I just add to, I just add to is, is that, you know, this is another thing that we, that we talk about when we, when we do what we call the fundamentals program, the two day fundamentals program that we do, you know, is, is that, you know, the healthcare industry is a big business. Healthcare and long-term care industry is a big business. We spend what, 16 or 17% of the, the nation's gross domestic product. Yes. You know, on healthcare and long-term care, you know, and, and all the, you know, there are big law firms in Nashville and New York and all over, pl- all over the place, you know, that, that, that do healthcare law, but nobody represents the patient, you know, in the, in the healthcare system. I mean, when you think about that is, is that you've got all these big law firms that are representing the providers, but nobody represents the patient, now, the, the closest they get are maybe elder law attorneys that do like Medicaid planning that'll help you get on, get, get you on public benefits and then close their file. But that's ultimately what we do as life care planning law firms is, is that we are a law firm, you know, and we represent, we represent the, the patient or the resident, you know, in the healthcare and long-term care system. 
And that provides a lot of satisfaction um, professionally and personally because um, we get to work with families over time. We get to work with families for a long time. Um, I have families that I've been working with for 10 plus years. So we get to know them. We're part of their team, their care team. And it, it provides a lot of um, satisfaction. And, and it, it, we do become um, part of the community, part of their community. Right. Okay. Deborah, thanks for joining us for today's episode. Well, thank you. I'm your host, Tim Takus. So long until next time when we bring you another episode of Aging Starts Now. Thank you for listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast. For more information about today's show, visit tn-elderlaw.com, click on the free resources tab, and then click on Aging Starts Now. You'll find the show notes there. And while you're at it, why not check out all the free resources available at tn-elderlaw.com? Document downloads, the Tagus McGinnis blog, educational videos, informative articles, helpful links, a TV show, and more. It's all there free for the taking. If you enjoy listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, please subscribe, rate the show, or leave us a review. It's easy to do on whatever app you use to listen. We would love your feedback on the show. Aging Starts Now. We'll be back next week with more candid discussions about challenges created by aging, disability, and unexpected illness.